Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put on important news. With us today, happy to have him back, uh, Vivek Rajgaria, President General Manager, Thomas Mika, Executive VP and CFO of Poet Technologies, trades on the venture into PTK, and for our friends of the U.S., on Poet F, P-O-E-T-F, on the OTCQX, uh, which is one up from the OTCQB. Look, we know a lot of people have been joining us and jumping onto the poet story. I think a lot of that's because we've been able to finally cross the barrier to get people to understand what poet does uh, in layman's terms. So I'm going to give you a brief intro uh, that I give on other interviews, uh, so that for all new people who have who have who are joining and following the company now, to understand poet, you have to understand something first, and that's the surfing habits of you and me. Every day we're binging Netflix, watching YouTube, shopping on Amazon, streaming on Spotify, and we're even Zooming meetings like this. And we do it all demanding the fastest speeds possible. Anything less is unacceptable. But we don't just demand that, we want more. While we're doing all this, we also want artificial intelligence to know our preferences and recommend the next product, the next movie, song, video, travel destination, so on and so forth. Uh, anything less than the speed of light, uh, Plus, plus supercomputing power is unacceptable. So all that computer power comes from servers, data centers, and cloud computing. But what connects all of them? Poet Technologies brings light speed to that world. Make all that happen on such a grand scale. 24-7, 365 requires two things. Enormous amount of computing power, and you also need speed. Lightning speed for these servers to transmit the data between each other to serve up to you and me at home and at work. That's where photonics comes in. Photonics devices create, uh, detect and manipulate light. Uh, the, the laser generated light is fundamental to uh, sensing, computing and, and telecom, which require the fastest transfer of data possible. Uh, Poet has developed a unique, disruptive and differentiated new entry into the photonics market that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's the Poet Optical Interposer Platform. Uh, and, uh, and we're going to talk about that right now. The headline, Poet Technologies reports significant progress on superphotonics Xiamen joint venture. Guys, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, sorry that you guys had to listen to that intro. <laughs> no, you guys know it inside out. But for <laughs> new investors, we're just getting great feedback from people that they're really, you know, yep. getting this. Before we talk about, if you don't mind, before we talk about some things about this joint venture, they're going to, because of new people that are tuning in, what is this joint venture to begin with? And then we'll go down in some of the specifics about this news release. So um, uh, uh, about a year ago, we started working on a relationship with the largest compound semiconductor manufacturer in the world. Sanan, uh, which is based in China and headquartered in Xiamen at the Fujian province. Um, Tom and myself, Suresh, our CEO, we made a trip there in, in uh, first week of January 2020 to go and see their facilities, what they were about. We were all flabbergasted, frankly speaking, the scale, the world-class facilities, the know-how scaling, manufacturing uh, semiconductors was, was just um, incredible. Um, they do, they have aspirations of really becoming a big player in data centers, set up a world-class fab for it, for indium phosphide. 
And uh, saw that the Poet platform, the Interposer platform, uh, had great synergies with what they are doing in order to provide a solution to customers, to module manufacturers, that could really change, change the game here and uh, make an impact in the overall data center um, market. Okay. So we decided to set up venture where Poet would provide their know-how of using the interpreter into a uh, optical engine, which includes a photonic device, all passively like semiconductor manufacturing, and which is all at wafer level and doing wafer level tests and then supplying to customers. So we have all that know-how. Uh, Sanan saw that, hey, they have the opportunity to invest in such a joint venture. So Sanan is providing all the capital, um, including OPEX and CAPEX to fund the whole joint venture. Uh, wow. Poet gets our, our um, value through the IP that we, we transfer there. And we are setting, setting up this uh, company or have set up this company, Super Photonic Shaman, which will now assemble these optical engines using our interposer and devices from Sanan, as well as uh, devices that Poet has uh, qualified or working on and uh, produce and supply these optical engines. So this is really, so it's a assembly test and sales. So it's commercializing Poets oppose a platform into a product and then supplying those products to customers. It seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, it depends on how you measure time and so on and so forth, but um, has it taken a long time for this to get up and running? Uh, have there been challenges or is that just a perception because this is such a sophisticated joint venture uh, that you're maybe writing, you're running right on schedule? So, um, uh, George, I would say uh, it in, in relative, everything is relative. So what we are doing and what we are doing in China, uh, uh, factoring that in, I would say we are moving at a pretty good pace, you know, especially um, getting a joint venture of such, you know, uh, uh, where there's technology, know-how transfer, there's capital investments, there's incorporation of company in China, uh, doing all that and doing it uh, during these times where we can't even travel there, you know, during the pandemic. So do, doing all that and having a joint companies incorporated in China with foreign partners and all is not, it goes through uh, regulations, as you can imagine. So the answer to your question, no, it hasn't taken um, more than due time. Uh, we believe, I do believe with my experience again in working in China market for the last 25 years that, yeah, we, we've done, um, again, not to uh, pat ourselves on the back, but I think uh, we have moved forward at the right schedule. Uh, it also comes with, you know, support, which has been tremendous from our partners in China. The magic question that everyone's probably thinking of is, when do you think this joint venture, SPX, will be in a position to start assembling and testing optical engines? Yeah, so great question. As we put in our press release uh, today that the equipments have all been ordered, okay? They are now getting based on lead times. So in the April, May timeframe, the facility already set up and uh, this facility right now is in the same 
so they have a leased a portion of that with clean room and highly set up for manufacturing, semiconductor manufacturing, which is already there. So the equipment guys will be will be installed. So in the April to May timeframe, we are expecting that all the first phase equipment would be in place. And then subsequently we'll be start, uh, you know, starting building samples and doing low volume production and going from there. George, I'd just like to point out that uh, we signed this agreement on October 21st. So, uh, yeah. So what is that? Four months, five months, um, where it took us uh, about four of those months to actually get the company registered in, in China, because that's a complex process. I think that Vivek uh, signed and chopped um, at least four original <laughs> documents that I know of, or you do you sign one document four times. Multiple times. Multiple times uh, that was coming back and forth via FedEx. Um, so all of the translations that are required, everything, um, uh, you know, took a fair amount of time, but now, you know, everything's in, in place and POs are being issued. We have staff that uh, Vivek will, will talk about later. Uh, so I think it's really been uh, a good effort in a very short period of time. And our shareholders will remember that a less complex deal, which was the sale of Densilite semiconductors, uh, took some two years to complete. So that's just the way things are in, in international business, especially with China. Tom, while we're talking to you, uh, you guys valued the joint venture at $50 million US. So this is no small joint venture. This isn't George Com and Poet Technology getting together and Throwing, throwing something on the wall and see if it sticks. Uh, what was the basis of that $50 million valuation of the JV? Well, the Chinese government requires that any intangible that is uh, counted as capital that's contributed to a company be valued by an independent third-party uh, valuation firm. So we did use um, a firm that's approved in China. We described the limited amount of IP that we were transferring to the joint venture. And uh, by the way, that IP has to do with the assembly, the test uh, of devices, not with the fundamental IP related to the fabrication of the interposer itself. So it's only um, taking the interposer wafer and flip chipping devices onto that testing at wafer scale, singulating, which is a, a number of process steps um, uh, along with the know-how of how to operate the, the equipment uh, that's used for that. So um, that valuation came in at $22.5 million uh, from the third party uh, valuation firm. And the balance of the 50 million is essentially the capital that has been committed uh, by Sun'an uh, that they will be putting over, putting into the JV over a period of about 18 months to two years. Um, so they've committed that amount of capital. Once that's in, and uh, we will have about 47 or 48% of the joint venture ownership and Sun'an will have 52, 53%, depending on, on how everything works out. Um, beyond that, 
we don't really expect there to be um, much needed from either of the partners. We think that the JV will be self-sustaining uh, after that. But if it is, then we'll put in proportionate to retain our, our, own, our proportionate ownership interests. If it, and, and if all this goes well, Tom, you've previously, you've previously disclosed um, that the revenue opportunity for sales of optical engines through this joint venture could reach $250 million by 2024, 2025 timeframe. How'd you arrive at that figure? Well, fortunately, we have in the company some real experts on uh, photonics devices that have been engaged with other customers in their, in their previous lives um, and know how uh, photonics devices are, are priced um, and what their true cost is and the cost of certain fabrication and testing steps. So we went through a pretty detailed cost analysis uh, of what's in the market today. We looked at uh, the kind of discount that we could provide to our customers while maintaining um, a good healthy margin for, for the joint venture company. Um, and, and when we looked at that, those price reductions were still uh, pretty substantial. They were in, depending on the device, they're in the range of 25 to 40%, which could spell the difference between a customer being profitable or not being profitable in, in the sale of, of optical transceivers. Um, so when you're giving a customer that kind of discount and, and you're, you're giving them the possibility of being profitable, we think that we can acquire a market share pretty rapidly in each of the segments. So we looked at each of the speeds and the types of, of um, optical engines that we would be delivering, the kinds of discounts we could offer. And I think in no case do we exceed about 30% of the market that's being projected yeah. uh, for these devices over time. And of course we expect those market shares to, to not be instantaneous, but to, to rise over time and then plateau and then even decline. And so given our knowledge about what the pricing is going to be for um, transceivers and the optical engine component within those transceivers, we developed a model for, for the revenue generation. Um, and so that's, that was the basis of a very, fairly detailed uh, business plan that included that. And so that's where that opportunity of 250 million, 200 to 250 million came in. And so we wanted to let people know when we announced this joint venture of the size of the opportunity in these what amount to relatively limited uh, opportunities for port overall. Vivek, in order to hit those kind of numbers uh, and, and with execution, planning, everything, you have to have a good team of people in this, in this joint venture. And it looks like Poet had a major role in appointing both board members and management team members uh, to the joint venture. Can you comment on on some of the people who've been hired because they, they look like some there are some impressive sure, people there. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, uh, one thing to add again, uh, you know, what Tom was mentioning on the positioning and the value proposition. Sure. Geographically, also, this is very strategic 
because we are a supply of these uh, optical engines to module manufacturers, optical module companies, and most of them are in Taiwan, basically. So to your question, we did have access to, uh, you know, really experienced talent. We needed to know as well as have enough credibility to attract them to join a, you know, it's a startup, super photonics. So we were, we have been able to, to, um, to uh, you know, uh, attract uh, significant talent, the leadership, of course, it starts with the leadership and leadership attracts, you know, more talent. So the general manager of the joint venture uh, is the one who headed up Oclaro's uh, operations in China, also had a worldwide role, um, also, uh, you know, has worked in big companies like Ford and Huawei uh, and was able to attract next level of talent, the VP&D or head of R&D is comes from Huawei, High Silicon, Oclaro in China, being, uh, you know, done his PhD from the China Academy of Sciences. And then the next level. So there's a network that we were able to tap in to get this, uh, you know, uh, top-notch talent into, into super photonics. So we are building on that even uh, in, the, um, uh, in the press release. By end of the year, we in the in the joint venture here and then also you mentioned about the board so the board was uh, it was very clear in the joint venture that poet would appoint or um, identify the general manager uh, which would be one of the board members appoint uh, or identify the cfo which will be one of the board members so those were two identified then sanan uh, has nominated uh, dr wei jong who is the CT of Sanan IC to the board. Dr. Sun is a, is a um, uh, technologist and executive in this field. Has worked with companies like, at companies like Finisar, Huawei, and then now, you know, heading up Sanan IC's uh, 5G and, and optical uh, business. And then uh, also uh, uh, we, we, jointly appointed a fifth board member together, which is, uh, which is a prominent scientist researcher in the field of photonics in China, Dr. Huang. He's from China Institute of Sciences, um, very, very prominent and well-regarded um, you know, individual in the field. So it's, uh, you know, we, um, um, Sanan also and you know, I'm, I have been the board member and Dr. Sun has appointed me as a vice chairman. So this team of individuals of boards that I'm a part of is also quite significant. Very few companies, even companies who've been in this business for decades can say they have such prominent, you know, stature of, uh, of uh, individuals on the board. Well, I was about to say, should shareholders take a great deal of comfort in that third party validation that you're able to attract this level of team members, both board and, and management team to the joint, to the joint venture. Cause you know, on the outside, you know, we don't really know most of us, right. You know, how good is this joint venture going to be? So it's great to see that almost th before customers, the first third party validation comes from the kind of people who join it and should right. we be all taking a lot of great comfort in that. 
Uh, absolutely, George. You know, uh, personally, I would say that we're able to attract talent because when people who are moving from other prominent roles in prominent company, you know, moving to uh, another company, and in this case, they are doing their own due diligence. They've been in the industry. They know the network. They know the reputation. So that they are providing all endorsement and confidence is 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 uh, substantial, right? At this, uh, you know, we've said this before. A company like Sanan IC or Sanan to take also a joint venture with Poet also gives a, a lot of credibility to what we are doing. I'm I'm glad you kind of brought the last point because joint ventures like any relationship, marriages, partnerships. You know, they can start out with the best of intentions, but sometimes personalities and just philosophy can get in the way, right? What's it been yeah. like working with Sanan so far? Yeah, that's, again, a very, very good point. And especially is cultures, which are not only, you know, where, where what the heritage of the people are, but the culture of the business, the, the, look, the location, you know, how work is done, like, you know, the question, earlier question, did it take a long time and so on, you know, um, the support and the proactiveness that we have seen from Sanan IC, to me, I've not seen my experience for companies, uh, you know, doing acquisitions and all, that they were so open and available to execute on things. Even before the company was incorporated officially, they already provide the support team. They provide team on board, had their own people supporting, could go on and not stop. So uh, the, the I believe up culturally, technologically, strategically, and geographically provides a great opportunity for Okay, so the marriage the marriage is still going strong. Yeah, it's uh, been okay, but uh, I think uh, we are looking forward to a great partnership and a great business success. Uh, last question, guys. I want to go outside of um, outside of the JV, outside of Poet here. Just doing some reading. There's been a lot of press about industry wide delays in the production of semiconductors, uh, semiconductors even the point of auto plants being shut down for lack of components. Has this, you know, does this impact POET at all? It, it is unprecedented or in the last 20 years, let's say uh, in 2000, they, uh, there's prob probably a close comparison when there was a big hype of, you know, optics and all, if you recall. Um, so the fabs are, you know, oversubscribed by multiple times. Uh, so we do use a fab, a CMOS fab, uh, which although the relationship is great, you know, there is, there is uh, delays. So we did suffer getting our uh, wafers back, getting our tape outs, masks and so on by a couple of months. Luckily with our influence and relationship, we were able to limit it to uh, two, three months. What really the impact it has had on us is in getting our samples out that we were counting on these uh, by a couple of months. So that's really the impact. It does not change our uh, our goals, our timelines in getting to customers, getting this going, but there, there has been an impact. So I cannot say, you know, otherwise. 
but but it's that I would I would I would also probably jump in and say that's not a negative impact because it's not as if this is unique to poet. So whoever you're getting the samples out and so forth, their understanding of the fact that it's industry wide, not poet specific. Yes, in fact, just today I was talking to a customer that we are working with, and you know we share we've been sharing, and they were like, yeah, they're seeing it everywhere from all other components and things like. That. So yeah, um, you're right. Go ahead, Tom. You want to add something? Yeah, there? I just I just wanted to add to that. Um, so we've been saying all along that this year is a time for uh, getting samples into customers' hands, and that our expectation for significant revenue doesn't appear until 2021. I mean, even though we're a couple months delayed with the samples, we don't think it's going to have a material effect on 2021. And the reason is, is that we're producing this year very limited samples of for alpha and for beta samples, which beta samples go into the hands of customers. Um, you know, what we should be focused on and what we are focused on are design needs. Because that's what's really going to determine, you know, what 2021's revenue profile looks like. And we don't see that that's uh, going to be impacted, except for the fact that, you know, it's, there's going to be a, a somewhat of a delay in getting beta samples into customers' hands. But we don't think it's a material um, concern. That's why we haven't um, put out a press release saying that our business is going to be materially impacted. We just don't think it's it's a significant uh, delay. And do, you th do does the industry think that this is like, uh, like, look, every industry goes through these kind of situations uh, every once in a while, bottlenecks. I don't think there's an industry in the world that hasn't gone through, but does it look like the, uh, the, the problem will be rectified in short order, I guess? How does it look? I think it depends on the supplier, uh, but um, it's been the practice of Poet for as long as I've been there to always have, you know, plans A, B, and C. And so, you know, if one mask shop can't deliver within the period of time that we need it, we'll try it, we'll find another mask shop. And so we have, we have backup relationships. So um, even if it continues, uh, I think that we will do everything we can to mitigate the effect uh, on us because this is an obviously an important time for, for us getting samples out to customers. All right, gentlemen, I mean, unless anybody have any last comments before we, before we uh, end it here. I'm good. No, thank you. No, thanks for you guys and uh, for joining. And um, look, normally the progress of a joint venture wouldn't really make for, for news or interview worthy. But the fact of the matter is, this is such a big joint venture. Like we talked about, you guys have valued at $50 million and uh, you've talked about, you've disclosed revenue opportunity for 240, 250 million, uh, $250 million by 2024, 2025. So I think it's important for all shareholders to get this kind of an update on the progress, what's happening. Uh, most of it's good news. Uh, you have this you know, semi semiconductor supply issue, but Good that we addressed that as well. But overall, great to see that this relationship and this joint venture is moving forward. Can't wait to have you guys back. Thank you. Yeah. For everyone at home, you've been watching or if you've been listening by podcast on Google, Spotify, Apple, or your favorite uh, podcast platform to both Vivek Rajgari and Thomas Mika of Poet Technologies. The company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stocks and will PDK, PTK, 
and for our friends in the U.S. under P-O-E-T-F, Poet F, and that's on the OTCQX. For those of you who are new, we know that this isn't the easiest concept in the world to understand, but the good news is when you got small cap disruptive companies making new ways, uh, that means they're creating potentially big new markets that haven't been seen before, and that's kind of like where Poet's going. So we're, we're helping you with your due diligence. Make sure you get to Agoracom. Watch some of the previous interviews we've done with the company, uh, especially at the beginning when uh, at various times, either I explain the company or the, the guys will explain the company in layman's terms. Very important to understand. And then make sure you hop over to the Poet website to do more great due diligence because this is something that's happening right now. They got this uh, great joint venture happening and you should be doing your due diligence to find out if you discovered your next great small cap disruptive tech company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time.